Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me in the Better's Box. It's bangthebook.com's KBO betting podcast for Thursday, May 14th. I am your host, Adam Burke. This and every edition of the Better's Box presented by our friends over at DSI Sportsbook. BTB and the number 200 is that promo code. 100% deposit match bonus for the Sportsbook. 100% deposit match bonus for the live casino at BetDSI. It's only a game until you bet it. You know, we've got the daily KBO article over at bangthebook.com. Couple of days in the black here over the last two days. The Samsung money line being a big part of that here on Thursday. Uh, we've had a couple of games here this week where we've played the run line. They've won by a run, hasn't come through for us. But getting a better feel here for the KBO overall. Obviously, I'll have lots of things to talk about here on the betters box with regards to the KBO. But you can read that daily article every single day over at bangthebook.com. Also, we'll have a UFC preview for this weekend, UFC on ESPN 10. The return of NASCAR is at Darlington on Sunday. We've got a preview up with some suggested wagers for that NASCAR race coming up on Sunday. We'll be putting together a preview of the TaylorMade Driving Relief on Sunday as well. That is that skins game with Rory and DJ up against Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf. Since we were on the air on Tuesday with our edition of Bang the Book Radio, the Skins format has been announced. So there are a lot more prop betting options out there for that at this point in time. We'll be putting that preview together either today or early tomorrow over at the website. And I'm going to try and get some horse racing stuff done for this weekend as well. Uh, there's a very good Hollywood Wildcat race at Gulfstream. That's got three-year-old fillies in it on Friday. Going to try to put that one up. Uh, if I don't have time for that one here, I'm going to try to do something for the weekend, maybe with Churchill Downs coming back, also Santa Anita coming back for this weekend as well. So we'll do the best we can over at bangthebook.com to get you some horse racing content along with the UFC, the driving relief, and that NASCAR preview that's already up over there at the website. All right, so with that, we'll go ahead and get into our traditional format here for the betters box. We'll start with a look beyond the box score. We'll talk about the betting markets in the down the line segment, how things have kind of adjusted, what you want to be looking for as you shop around for the best prices, stuff like that. And then finally, we'll take a look at the next round of series coming up here Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Remember that Monday is a league-wide day off in the KBO. They play Tuesday through Sunday, barring rainouts or some other cancellation. And then they have Monday off as a whole. So we got another round of series coming up here Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And we start here in the Beyond the Box Score segment by talking about the long ball, the home run. Only seven home runs hit in Thursday's games, but we still have 89 home runs in the 42 games that have been played. Obviously, we're well over a two-per-game pace. Last year, 1.41 home runs per game. So 42 games may not be the biggest sample size, but the ball is obviously playing different. Hitters have mentioned it. Pitchers have mentioned it. And the statistics certainly bear that out as well. So, you know, it's only been 42 games, but I think that we're pretty certain at this point in time that the ball is different in the KBO, will be played a lot more like the 2017 and the 2018 seasons, over 10 and a half runs per game being scored right now in these KBO contests. Last year, 9.1 runs per game. So the ball is playing differently. 
The books have already adjusted their totals, and obviously we need to make our adjustments as well. For the most part here, foreign pitchers are kind of still staying above the fray. 388 ERA with a 123 whip going into Thursday's action. Drew Gagnon went five innings, gave up four earned on seven hits, did strike out nine, only walked one. Chris Flexen on Thursday, six innings, couple runs, six hits, six strikeouts, and a walk. And then Tyler Wilson in his second start, better bounce back effort for him. Six innings, two earned, four hits, seven strikeouts, couple of walks. So on the whole now, the foreign pitchers, all of them except for Casey Kelly that are on the active roster have made two starts. 196 innings pitched, 85 earned runs, 190 hits, 169 strikeouts, 50 walks. That's a 390 ERA and a 122 whip. So again, the foreign pitchers, while not on last year's pace by any means, are still much better than the league as a whole. Adrian Sampson of Lata and Chad Bell of Hanwa yet to make a start. Casey Kelly making his second start probably here on Friday for LG. So again, the foreign pitchers are doing pretty well relative to the league as a whole, but they're not doing as well as they did last season. Now, obviously that could change, but again, the different baseball, probably a factor for them as well. Speaking of foreign players, one other thing I wanted to mention here real quickly, Tyler Saladino out with a hamstring injury for Samsung. Now, the way that this works is that guys get taken off of the active KBO roster. They can either go down and play in the KBO version of the minor leagues, their second division, or they wind up going on the disabled list, and it's a 10-day disabled list over in the KBO. So Saladino is out for right now. Injury intel is going to be tricky to find, but Samsung without their only foreign offensive player here with that injury uh, for Tyler Saladino. So with that, we take a look at the bullpen report here for this edition of the Betters Box. Going to be adding that spreadsheet to the daily KBO article over at bangthebook.com. I've yet to see any sort of breakdown of you know starter ERA and team bullpen ERA for the 10 teams here in the KBO, just everybody as a whole. So with that in mind, put together a spreadsheet. I'm copying and pasting in the nightly results for the relief pitchers, and I'm kind of working through some of the formulas there in Excel. But here's how things go in alphabetical order through this most recent round of series. So we're through three series here for each of these teams. And of course, six teams had postponements last week due to weather. So six teams have played eight games, four teams have played nine games to this point in time. Doosan with an 879 ERA, a 192 whip, 21 strikeouts, 13 walks in 27 and two-thirds. Hanwa, 579 ERA, 150 whip, 25 strikeouts, 12 walks in 23 and a third for them. The Kia Tigers, 581 ERA, 161 whip, 29 strikeouts, but 22 walks in 31 innings pitched. The Kiwoom bullpen has been probably the best in the league overall, I would say. 347 ERA, 122 whip, 24 strikeouts, 6 walks in 33 and two-thirds innings pitched. And remember, Kiwoom in their first series, and in fact, they even limited Eric Jokic a little bit in his second start, they really limited their foreign-born pitchers in that first series. So 
That's why they've worked a lot of bullpen innings. They also had an extra innings game in there. So that's why they've got the second most bullpen innings in the league, but I would not expect that to be the case as their domestic or as their foreign starting pitchers get stretched out a little bit. The KT bullpen has been abominable. 848 ERA, 2.02 whips. They're giving up over two walks and hits per inning pitched, 16 strikeouts, 17 walks in 28 and two-thirds for that KT bullpen. The LG bullpen's been very good. 367 ERA, 122 whip, only 19 strikeouts in 34 to third innings pitched, but also only 11 walks for that Twins relief unit. The lot, the Giants, their bullpen had a bit of a regression here against Doosan this week. Now a 569 ERA, 133 whip is still pretty decent. 21 strikeouts, 10 walks in 31 and two-thirds innings pitched. The NC Dinos, 461 bullpen ERA, 135 whip, 20 strikeouts, 14 walks in their 27 and a third innings pitched. The Samsung bullpen's been quite solid. 217 ERA, that's the best in the league. 134 whip, though, so maybe a little bit of regression coming for that Samsung bullpen. 24 strikeouts, 16 walks in 29 innings pitched. And in fact, they just allowed their first home run in garbage time on Thursday in the bottom of the ninth with an 8-4 to lead. Then finally, SK, 721 ERA, 160 whip, 24 strikeouts, 11 walks, and 25 innings of work. So some overall bullpen observations here. Strikeouts are still relatively limited from the relievers. We know that's a thing as a whole here in this league. Did have some late game shenanigans, a lot of late game shenanigans, quite frankly. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that as rallies start, defense isn't as good in this league. So you get errors, you get guys playing with a little bit more pressure. You get runners being very aggressive, taking extra bases, stuff like that. And without the ability to get as many strikeouts and get out of innings, then you get these late game shenanigans, multi-run innings, stuff like that. And obviously, too, the baseball playing differently, we've seen a lot of home runs hit off of these bullpens. The sample sizes are still pretty small, open to a lot of variance, open to a lot of interpretation. And again, a bad performance here or there you know, will skew a lot of these numbers for these teams. Low walk rates generally seem to help, but you also need to have good command. And I mean, that's true of the major leagues as well. One other thing I may have picked up on here a little bit is that early week relief work may end up being better than relief work later in the week. Remember, these teams play six straight games and Monday is an off day for everybody. So you're going to get a lot of three and fours, four and sixes for these relievers to where Saturdays and Sundays may be a little bit more challenging for them from a fatigue standpoint. So even though we had some bullpen debacles here on Tuesday and Wednesday, I think on the whole, bullpens will be better earlier in the week than they are later in the week here in the KBO. So we continue with our Beyond the Box score segment. We'll take a look at all five series that just wrapped up. We start and we'll go in rotation order here with the series that just wrapped up. We start with Kia and Hanwa. Hanwa avoids the sweep, gets the win on Thursday. Unfortunately, we were on Kia at minus 115 in that one. Hanwa comes away with the victory, had a lead late, and they were actually able to maintain it here in this one. Look, the Eagles are getting some 
excellent starting pitching. And really overall, they're not getting bad bullpen work either. They're the only bullpen in the KBO here with over a strikeout per inning. So they're getting some very good pitching here from their staff. Their offense has just been deplorable. And this offense, it was a low slugging percentage lineup to begin with. Now in this current offensive environment where everybody's power production is going to play up a little bit, that's a big concern for Hanwa as we go forward here. They are dead last in the league with a 352 slugging percentage, and they are 10th by a large margin in extra base hits divided by hits. So extra base hit percentage, that's a stat tracked by the official KBO website. They are dead last by a large margin in that department. And that's tough for Hanwa. You know, it looks like they're going to be an under team here for the majority of the season. They got some very good starting pitching in this series against Kia, a Kia offense that has struggled in and of itself as well. But Kim Min Woo, Jang Shi Huan, and then Jang Min Jae, 20 innings, only four earned runs allowed, 13 hits, 20 strikeouts, nine walks in this series for Hanwa. They had a blown lead on Tuesday. They didn't score on Wednesday. They didn't score on Thursday, but managed to hold on for the victory in that one. This Hanwha team is getting great pitching. They look like a stone-cold under kind of team. And again, as I just mentioned, they're bad in the slugging percentage department. And yeah, you manufacture a lot of runs in this league, but if the offensive environment is going to look more like 2017 and 2018, you damn well better hit for power. Hanwha not able to do that, but their pitching staff's been pretty good. So the Eagles definitely look like an under team here at this point in time. Now, as far as Kia goes, they don't hit for a lot of power either. And and what I'm kind of seeing here, what my inference sort of is about their offensive numbers, is that they don't have a lot of contact authority. It doesn't seem to me like they make a lot of quality contact. They lead the league in strikeouts, but they also lead the league in walks. So essentially what we see here with Kia is that they're not hitting for power, and based on their strikeout and walk totals, They're hitting in a lot of deep counts. And when you hit in deep counts, it hurts your ability to make high-velocity contact because oftentimes you're hitting with two strikes, you're protecting with two strikes, stuff like that. So this Kia team also looks like an under-caliber team to me. Their pitching staff has not been as good as Hanwa's has been for the season here so far. But again, I just don't think the contact authority is there for Kia hitting in a lot of these deep counts. So they are shaping up to be an under team for me as well. And again, it's very important to try and pinpoint these under teams because with offense at a premium across the league here, we're going to be paying those higher totals numbers. Teams that aren't going to score are going to be easy under candidates with some inflated totals that have to adjust based on the league offensive environment. So Kia and Hanwa, two teams I think you want to look at, from an under standpoint in their respective games. Samsung and Kiwoom, big series win for Samsung. They take two out of three. They take the rubber match at a nice plus 152 price for us. Great game one between Ben Lively and Eric Jokic. The Kiwoom pen tried to blow it, but held on for the win in that one. Jokic ramping up his pitch count a little bit. 83 tosses for him in his second start. Would expect him to be in the 90 to 95 range in the next outing. So Kiwum, and they've relied on their pitching quite a bit here to this point in time. 
They should have a full Eric Jokic from this point forward after starting a little bit slowly uh, with some pitch limitations placed on him. Samsung and Kiwum here so far appear to have the best bullpens in the league. The Kiwum bullpen did have a hiccup on Thursday. Uh, that was a 4-4 four to four game. Samsung scored three runs to take a 7-4 to four lead. Got an insurance marker in the ninth inning. It's really the first time that we've seen a bad effort from the Kiwum bullpen. Not going to read too much into that one. The Samsung pitching staff here in this series, excellent. Absolutely outstanding. Six good innings from Ben Lively in the first game. David Buchanan bounced back. Great second start for him. Seven innings, struck out eight, scattered a couple of hits. Then Choi Che Hyung, he's on my watch list of the domestic starting pitchers here in the KBO. Six innings, gave up four earned, but did strike out seven in that start. So over a strikeout per inning for Choi on Thursday. Then Juan Tae In, he's on my watch list for pitchers. A good effort for him from Kiwum. The Lions offense here hasn't been great. You know, they've had some issues. They've been winning with their pitching. They're now four and six on the season here. Uh, but, you know, when you look at this Samsung team in or four and five, I believe, on the season, when you look at this Samsung team here, the offense is difficult to pinpoint. They've struck out a lot. They've got a high walk rate. So much like Kia, they're hitting in a lot of tough counts to bat. Their average up to 219 now. They were under 200 going into that series. I think Samsung's offense is better than what we've seen so far. And they are the type of team that if they face a low strikeout pitching staff, they're going to be in great shape. So Samsung, kind of a matchup dependent type of thing. And I liked them on Thursday because going up against Kiwum, they were facing a lower strikeout environment in that game. And they do end up breaking out four, eight runs. So that's something I will watch very closely here with Samsung. If they're facing a pitcher that's not going to run up the strikeouts against them, they are in much, much better shape. And of course, too, we'll see what happens when they get Tyler Saladino back off of the injured list. Now, we look at Kiwoom here. They are struggling offensively. 230 average, 305 on base, 385 slugging percentage to this point. Last year, they were first in batting average at 282. Second in on-base percentage at 354. Second in slugging percentage at 414. They were behind Doosan in both of those categories. They lost Jerry Sands. He led the league in RBI last year. He went to go play in Japan. Kim ha Young's off to a slow start. He slashed 307, 389, 491 last year. Park Byung-ho, who of course we know from his days with the Minnesota Twins. He's off to a slow start. Taylor Motter, he's not hitting. He's their only foreign offensive player. So Kiwum unders right now have been very, very good. But the personnel for this lineup is underachieving right now. We see a lot of inflated prices with Kiwum in the market. They've been a big favorite in a lot of their games. They've won with pitching. Offensively, they are in the tank right now. And they did lose a guy like Sands, who was a big hitter in the middle of this lineup last year. They got a couple of guys that are proven hitters with track records that are off to a slow start. I don't think this will last all that long for Kiwum. So take the unders now, but I think that under train will leave the station here very soon and kind of get off the rails a little bit. So Kiwum offensively 
Something I'm looking for a little bit of a breakout from here as we go forward. One last one. I mentioned one of the guys on my watch list here, Troy Wante, seven and a third, only took him 89 pitches to throw seven and a third innings. Did give up four runs, but only two were earned. Struck out six, didn't walk anybody. Troy Wante, another domestic pitcher I really like here in the KBO for the Kiwoom Heroes. We move on to SKNLG. LG completes the sweep on Thursday. Didn't cover the run line for us, even though they outhit SK 11-4. to 26 runs in this series for LG against the SK pitching staff. Now, seven of those runs were unearned in the middle game. I believe three or four of their runs in the first game were also unearned. But you know what? You still have to drive those runs in. You still have to take advantage of the miscues from the opposition. And LG definitely doing that here in this series. And a big reason why is because at the top of the LG order, you've got Lee Chun Wong and Kim Hyun Soo. We know Hyun Soo Kim from his days with the Baltimore Orioles. Both of those guys here at the early onset of the season have 450-plus on-base percentages. Table setters matter a ton in this league, especially when you consider the fact that now we've got the rejuiced baseball, a lot more power coming. If the guys at the top are getting on base, the guys in the middle will drive them in. So this LG offense, even with Lee and Kim likely to regress a little bit, I mean, they're not going to hold... 500 on base percentages for the season even with those two guys likely to regress this will remain a very potent lg offense so i've started to isolate them as a team to bet some overs with as this season goes along because they will have traffic for the middle of the order at a very high rate and if you've got that you can score a lot of runs that's true of any level of baseball but especially here in the kbo with this new offensive environment, or this, not new, this renewed offensive environment. Big bounce back start for Tyler Wilson here in this series. Only threw 77 pitches, kind of a quickish hook for him, but he went six innings over those 77 pitches. Couple earned runs, four hits, struck out seven, walked a couple. He threw 96 pitches in his first start. So kind of surprised they yanked him early, but the bullpen went three scoreless, pitched pretty well there. Cha Wu Chan seems to be a pretty popular veteran from a betting standpoint. Six innings, four earned, six hits, struck out eight, walked a couple. 32-year-old who makes a lot of money in this league, above average numbers overall. So with LG here, depending on how the bullpen performs, you're starting to get the makings of a really good team. I think this offense is very strong. You've got Tyler Wilson. Casey Kelly will make his second start of the year here on Friday in all likelihood. Shaw's pretty good. Lim Chen Yu, he wound up pitching very well in this series against SK. Maybe a play-on team, maybe an over team, but maybe a play-on team as well for the LG Twins here as we go forward. However, that being said, I mean, SK is terrible. SK right now, the worst team in the league. They're tied with the KT Wiz for the worst record, but SK has played a lot worse than KT has to this point in the season. Offensively, SK is a disaster. 65 strikeouts on the year against just 18 walks. Only 18 base on balls drawn by this SK offense. 294 on base percentage, 379 slugging percentage. They're batting 185 with runners in scoring position. 
And they were a low-slugging percentage team last year. And, again, with the ball rejuiced, if you can't hit, you can't survive in this league. And SK, they don't hit for power. They've got the low contact quality. And they're also not drawing walks. This looks like a long-term fade team to me. They were carried last year by Choi Jeong and Jamie Romack. Choi is in the tank. Romack just hit his first home run um, actually off of uh, Wilson. Maybe that'll get him going. But this SK offense looks to be one of, if not the worst in the league here at this point in time. And I'm not sure how much that really changes. I, I do think that Hanwha, probably the worst offense in the league, but SK is going to give them a run for their money as this season goes along. Also on the SK side, Nick Kingham, just ugly in the first game of that series. Three and two-thirds, gave up eight runs, five of them earned, ten hits, struck out a couple, walked a couple. This is a shocker to me. I, I made a bold prediction last week, said I think Nick Kingham could be the best starting pitcher in this league when all is said and done for this year. I'm not ready to back off of that as of yet, but, uh, you know, the first outing was okay. The second outing was terrible. We'll see what happens here in Kingham's third start for SK. Another one here, Ricardo Pinto. Great first start for him. Excellent first start for him. His second start, seven unearned runs. So obviously not all his fault. There were some balls that should have been caught that weren't, that went for error, that uh, didn't go down as errors. There were some errors actually made. But what worries me for Pinto here, one strikeout, four walks. That's a bit concerning. I was kind of wondering about him coming into the season anyway. Uh, Not a great showing here in his second start. Kingham with a bad start. SK just doesn't look very good here at the start of the season, to say the least. Park Jong-Hoon, actually, with a nice 2020 debut off of a solid three-year stretch. A little bit of a late bloomer due to injuries. He was the silver lining in this series for SK. So Park Jong-Hoon, guy on my watch list here among those domestic pitchers born in South Korea. Doosan and Lata here. Three overs, if you had 10 and a half, you pushed on 11 in the final game. Doosan takes two of three here. They prevail in the rubber match. Good starting pitching for Doosan in the final game. Bad relief work and bad relief work overall. 23 combined runs off the bullpens in the three games in this series. Not a great start from Raul Alcantara. Five innings, four earned, 12 hits allowed. Struck out four, didn't walk anybody in his... You know, and, and, and you know this thing here for, for Alcantara to me is that I think in this current run environment where the home run is a lot more prevalent, I think he's a fade guy. I really do. I think with the big prices that Doosan will have in his starts, I think he's a fade guy. You know, last year gave up a ton of extra base hits. Now the ball's got that spring back in it. 412 ERA, 128 whip in 29 starts. So the numbers aren't bad, but I don't like the command profile. I don't like the limited arsenal. I think Alcantara is a guy that uh, I'm ready to fade, I think, for Doosan. Again, will be big prices to go against him, and I'm happy with that. But I think the new ball does hurt him a little bit as this season goes along. We had Doosan in the middle game for the first five, Lee Young-Ha. An unearned run collapse in the first five. Got the first two outs, and then things just totally fell apart. I still believe in him. Lee Young-Ha on my watch list. Seo Jun-Wan, 
he did struggle a little bit against a better lineup. Pitched very well in his first start. Now he comes back in his second start against Doosan. Does struggle a little bit. I think that's kind of the expectation for Seo Jun Wan here. I think he does well against bad lineups and struggles against good lineups. So we can find some spot plays uh, with the 19-year-old youngster there for Lotta. Chris Flexen, good bounce back start in the last one. Six innings, two earned. Look, Doosan, very good offensively. They're batting 361 with runners in scoring position so far. They win some slugfests here over Lotta. And you know what? As I kind of look at this Doosan team as a whole, the bullpen has not been good. I don't love the rotation. I think there are some guys that are pretty good. I think Flexen will be good. I think Lee Young-Ha will be good. I'm not buying Alcantara. Doosan may be an over team here throughout the season and certainly early on here in the 2020 campaign. One guy to watch for Lotta here, Park Se-Wong. I tell you, I'm butchering all these Korean names. I apologize for that. His second start was better than his first. He had a a 2017 breakout, and he was right in that age range to have that breakout. The problem is he's had a lot of injuries. He's only made 26 starts over the last two seasons and then a couple of starts here in 2020. I expect him to get better as the year goes along. So Park Se-Wong is a guy that I'm looking at here for Lotta over the course of the season. Finally, one more series to recap here beyond the box score. KT and NC, a sweep for the Dinos. They win three one-run games here in this series. KT has four one-run losses on the season with their one and seven start. Two bullpen melts in this series. Then on Thursday, they left a tying run on third, the go-ahead run on second, no less. They made a lineup change. In the final game against Ku Chang Mo of NC, who I think is the best domestic pitcher in this league, they put a better two-hitter up there. It still wasn't any help. KT's offense hasn't been the problem, but they're still running a guy out there in the leadoff spot with a sub-300 on base percentage. You can't do that. When you can't pitch, you've got to maximize every potential offensive chance that you get. And that means being good at the top of the order. The middle of the order is good for KT. The top of the order is not. And the offense hasn't been the issue because the middle of the order has carried them and the bottom of the order has overachieved a little bit. But you've got to have a guy at the top of the order that gets on base and makes things happen. And KT right now does not have that. And that's why they're losing a lot of these games because, you know, they're they're scoring runs, but they're not adding on. And the bullpen hasn't been good. You've got to capitalize offensively whenever you can. And they're not doing that. Now, in fairness to KT, they only scored 10 runs in the three games of this series. But they faced Drew Rasinski, Mike Wright, and Ku Chang Mo. So they faced three of the better starting pitchers in this league. In fact, they got to Rasinski in the first game. They scored half their runs in the series off of Rasinski in that first start. They got three good starts. They got a decent start from Odrissimer Despagne. Gave up three earned over five innings. Six hits, struck out six. William Cuevas was good. Six innings, one run. Bay J. Seong, a guy on my watch list here. Seven innings, seven hits, seven strikeouts for him. Bay's been good. Uh, Despagne's been fine. Cuevas bounced back. The bullpen's been bad, and the offense just isn't set up for success. So... You know, one thing I do want to mention here, 
of this KT and NC series, played the under 10 for the full game in Thursday's game. one nothing final. Bay and Koo, 15 innings, no runs, 11 hits, 17 strikeouts, couple of walks. Proud of that under handicap, and you can find these with these South Korean-born starters, with these guys that are on my watch list. A lot of guys are going to be hit or miss. A lot of guys are going to go five innings, four earned, stuff like that. But if you find the guys that have the upside in this league, that's where you make the money. That's where you get the value. Everybody knows the foreign pitchers are going to be good. If you can isolate the domestic pitchers, they're going to be good. You can make money in this league. And we did that with Bay and Koo in that start here on Thursday. Last note about KT. Their, their bullpen's been the worst in the league so far. They're only a first five option. If you've got that at your sports book, that's about it. They're a first five option. Very, very, very difficult to play full games with KT at this point in time. So for the down the line segment here, I'm not going to look at line moves from the specific games. Just kind of talk in general about the market here. And it doesn't take long. You know, it really doesn't take long for the odds makers, the bookmakers, the risk managers to make the necessary adjustments. We've seen some line moves, but by and large, we haven't seen anything of, you know, of large significance as far as line moves go. They've made adjustments to totals. We're still seeing some big money line prices, stuff like that. But one thing I do want to mention here is that you've got some big spreads out there in the market as far as these money lines go. You've got some 15-cent spreads. You've got some 30-cent spreads. Some casinos out in Vegas have 10-cent lines. I started the article with Bet Online, And for consistency's sake, because I'm tracking with the you know 30-cent lines that they have and stuff like that, I'm going to continue citing those. However, beating a 30-cent line market is very, very hard. It is extremely hard. And what I mean by a 30-cent market is that you're going to see, let's say you've got a minus 140 favorite, you're going to see a plus 110 underdog. And a book that's got 15-cent lines, you may see a minus 130 favorite with a plus 115 money line in the same game. So you may see the favorite price drag down 10 cents. You may see the dog price increase 10 cents. You know, it could be something more like plus 120 and minus 135, something like that. It makes a big difference. It is hard to bet into 30 cent lines. It's hard to bet into 20 cent lines in a lot of, in a lot of markets. You want to find, you know, 10 cent lines. They're called dime lines or 15 cent lines, something like that. It is hard to beat a disadvantageous market. And that's what 30 cent lines are. And some of the books are dealing, you know, minus 115 is the standard VIG on totals. The break even at minus 110 is 52.38%. The break even at minus 115, 53.49%. So for every 100 bets you make, you have to get an extra one right in terms of your break even rate which is five cents different in juice. So that's tough. That's challenging. And it's why shopping around for the best prices and the best market to bet into is really, really important. You know, we just look at this, for example, here. Let's say you've got a 30 cent book and a 15 or a 10 cent book, right? Let's say you've got that plus 110, minus 140. Well, minus 140, your break even percentage, 58.33%. At minus 130, 
Your break even percent, 2%. That's a massive difference for just 10 cents of juice. So this is why it's really important to shop around for the best prices. The smaller the gap in the lines, the better it generally is for the player. Now, sports books, some of them are delving into an unknown market. Some of them have posted KBO lines, have never seen this kind of action before. Others haven't posted them at all. And when you look at, we'll use the example of the 30 cent line, plus 110, minus 140, the theoretical hold percentage there is 5.62%. If you look at plus 110 and minus 130, the theoretical hold percentage is 3.98%. So you've got a lot of manipulation out there in what is, by and large, an immature market. I mean, over in the Asian markets, there's been a lot of KBO betting, but for a lot of the offshores, the Caribbean markets, the European markets, the Latin American markets, and even out in Vegas, it's an immature market. But you see the different levels of risk tolerance that these sports books have. You see something like a 10 cent line at Westgate, they're willing to embrace some risk with the trade off being a lot of action. You see some of these other sports books with 30 cent lines, they're not willing to embrace as much risk, or maybe they're embracing the risk in terms of higher limits, but they want to increase their theoretical hold percentage. Some places are getting more action than others. So, This is the art of the bookmaking side. For us, the art of the betting side is to find the most advantageous situations for you, which means a 10-cent line or a 15-cent line. It means the ability to have accounts at multiple sports books and then price shop for the best odds that are out there. These are very, very important fundamental concepts for bettors out there. And again, like I said, I kind of backed myself into a corner, starting with Bet Online. I'm trying to stay there for consistency's sake. But as I mentioned day after day after day in the article, better lines probably are available out there, and the onus is on you to shop around for them. I don't want to just cite a consensus line or something like that, because, I mean, what, what's how is that fair? You know, I'm trying to cite lines that are available to people, and you have the option to go out there and get better prices. And I suggest that you do because a 30 cent market is very hard to beat. So again, have multiple outs at your disposal, whether it's, you know, bet online, DSI, five dimes, whether you're in a state that has legalized sports betting and you can do DraftKings, William Hill, Bet Rivers, uh, FanDuel, whatever the case may be, post yourself up at multiple places so that you don't have to take minus 140 when minus 130 is being offered in the market. Those differences of 5 or 10 cents matter so much over the long term, so much to your bottom line. So you want to make sure you're trying to look at that as much as you possibly can. And that's true of any market, not just the KBO, but of any market as well. I mean, think about it. Look, you know, would you take a plus 6.5 if a plus 7 is out there? Of course not. Why would you do that? It's the same thing with money line prices. If you could take plus 115 instead of plus 110, you take plus 115. If you could take minus 130 instead of minus 140, you take minus 130. You know, if if you go to two Chevy dealerships and one's offering you, you know, 250 a month at two grand down, the other's offering you 250 a month at 2,500 down, 
What decision are you making? It's the same thing in the sports betting world. Always find the best price for you. And oftentimes that means having more than one sports book so that you can shop around, compare prices between the two, then go ahead and take the better price when you're ready to lock in that bet. All right, so we'll wrap things up here, taking a look at the weekend. Five new rounds of series here. You've got Lata and Hanwa, NC versus SK, Dusan versus Kia, Samsung up against KT, then finally Kiwoom and LG. Lata and Hanwa, this is an interesting series here because this Hanwa pitching staff has been great. To this point, no one's really been able to slow down the Lata Giants offense. Can Hanwa be that team? Warwick Soppold will make his third start of the season this weekend. That should be a lot of fun to watch against this Lata team. The Lata Giants bullpen did regress against Doosan, but they've got one of the best lineups here. If Hanwa needs to hang offensively, can they do it? That's a big question in this series. They will be extremely, extremely reliant on their pitching staff once again. 30 runs scored in nine games for Hanwa. Lata just scored 20 in the last three games against Doosan. So we'll probably see Lata get a lot of respect here in the numbers for that series. I think I may be on Sopold here. He'll probably pitch Sunday, I think, against the Giants. But uh, that'll be an interesting series to follow because Hanwa's got to get that offense going. And if they don't, how many of these low-scoring games can they win against a really potent Giants offense? NC versus SK. The Dinos are just rolling right along, man. And SK, they're in the tank. They're not getting good pitching from Kingham, not getting good pitching from Pinto. They're not scoring. They're not hitting. SK does avoid two of the Dinos' main three here, but they will get Drew Rasinski in a bounce-back spot on Sunday. That Kingham start probably comes against Rasinski on Sunday. Big start for him. Very important for his confidence and for his team. Would certainly like to see Kingham pitch a little bit better there than he did on uh, this past week. Kim Taehoon for SK. About the only way I would look at SK is Saturday if Kim Taehoon gets the start. Otherwise, I mean, they're not scoring. NC's pitching well. They're scoring runs. Uh, looks like a bad setup here for SK at home this weekend. Doosan and Kia. Kia very fortunate here to be 4-5 and five on the season. They're minus 16 in run differential. Doosan's cashing in on a lot of their chances with runners in scoring position, but they've allowed 57 runs to this point in time. So Doosan is simply outscoring the opposition. Kia, not scoring much at all. They scored 12 runs in one game. They have 19 runs scored in their other eight games combined. They're going to have to score in this series to keep up with Doosan. I don't know if they're going to do it. I think there's going to be not as many betting opportunities this weekend based on these first three series I'm taking a look at here. Kia is going to have to score. Maybe Doosan's pitching staff is the cure that ails them. I'm not so sure about that, though. Samsung and KT. Look, the Wiz needs something to go right. Four straight one-run losses. They're one and seven, but they're only minus nine in run differential here on the year. Uh, you know, look, you got Samsung with a Big bullpen edge. KT, you can only play them in the first five. Wante in, getting a start here for Samsung. He's a guy I do like. He's on my pitchers to watch list. 20 years old, 
118 career innings, could be a potential breakout guy. Similarly, the second start coming for So Hyung Jun of KT, only 18 years old, pitched pretty well against Doosan in his first start. Could be some opportunities in this series of Samsung and KT. Like I said, KT is a first five only consideration. Samsung strikes out a lot. So if you get a KT pitcher with a pretty good strikeout rate, that may be an angle that you want to look to exploit there in that series. Finally, the best series of the weekend, Kiwoom and LG. Kiwoom's pitching has been exceptional. The offense just hasn't been there for them. LG, big offensive upside. They've been a little bit inconsistent at the start of this season, but they just did a number uh, scoring a bunch of runs there on SK in that series. few guys to watch here in this series. Triple H, as I'm calling him, Han Hyun Hee for Kiwoom. He makes his second start. Good reliever season last year. Decent numbers overall. He's a guy worth watching. Another guy to watch here in this series, Lee Seung Ho, 21 years old, second full season as a starter. He's a breakout contender uh, for the Kiwoom side. LG, they're going to get Casey Kelly in his next start. We'll see if he bounces back the way that Tyler Wilson did. Good series here. I think there's some betting opportunities to come in this Kiwoom and LG series. Otherwise, look, I mean, you know, you've got Lata against the Hanwha team that can't hit but can really pitch. NC against an SK team that can't do anything. Doosan scoring a lot, giving up a lot of runs against a bad offense. Samsung and KT, tough series. Kiwoom and LG, maybe some opportunities. Looks like it could be a little bit of a light weekend for plays here for me in the KBO. We'll see if that winds up coming to fruition. But we'll recap it all on Monday with another edition of the Betters Box. So a lot of stuff on today's show. Adam at bangthebook.com, skatingtripods at gmail.com to get on the list. For the Betters Box show notes, at Skating Tripods on Twitter, to send me any questions you may have, either for the Monday Mailbag or if you want to get on the list for the show notes. Keep reading that Daily KBO article. We'll have UFC, NASCAR, and golf for you this weekend. Also, some horse racing stuff. Uh, some Bundesliga content over at bangthebook.com as well. So, we're ramping up a little bit over there with some live sports. Happy to see that. Happy to keep talking KBO here with you on the betters box that'll do it for me thank you so much for listening everybody and remember that you will never strike out when you're in the betters box